Hello and welcome to the Van Foodster Podcast. I am your host, Richard Wallach, covering the food scene in and around the Vancouver area, across Canada and beyond. This is episode 108 of the Van Foodster podcast. In this week's episode, I feature Crab Hot Lao Restaurant in East Vancouver. I talk about some upcoming foodie events. I talk about St. Remy Masterclass I participated in recently. I recap the Worcester Cornucopia Festival and events that I attended last weekend. I talk about Phantom Creek Winery and a couple new sparkling wines that they just launched. I talk about Canadian Club Whiskey and the release of their 45-year whiskey. And lastly, I feature my interview with Carmen Ruzzi, Laza, host and producer of Your Nation's Table on Joy TV. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Van Foodster, as well as a visit VancouverFoodster.com for everything food in Vancouver and beyond. And let's get on with this week's episode, Crab, Crab Hot Lao. It's a restaurant up on Kingsway in East Vancouver, 2141 Kingsway. It's been on my list for ages to visit when I needed to find a free night to do so. And I had that free night last week and... Uh, I went and I discovered delicious northern Vietnamese food. This is not so common around the city. Uh, there's a lot of Vietnamese restaurants, of course, uh, but a lot of them have a very have a, a similar style of cooking. Um, you don't find you don't too often find northern Vietnamese um, region. I guess a specific region of Vietnam is uh, northern Vietnam. You don't really find that here. So. Um, what you have here is owner Sherry uh, Pham had moved to Vancouver about eight years ago from northern Vietnam. And she came in and she uh, immigrated to, Van- to Canada and she was settling in Vancouver, became a businesswoman. And uh, I guess the pandemic just sort of like, you know, the pandemic changes a lot of things for a lot of people. And she had an idea to open a restaurant to serve the food of her home region. And that is what she did. And it actually opened a year ago. I think it's like a year ago this week. Um, her restaurant opened and um, it's been popular ever since. People have caught on and they have discovered her. And I think more people will discover her place. It's called Crab Hot Lao. So they specialize in, you'll find all, these, all sorts of different uh, Vietnamese dishes. Of course, they're northern, they're northern Vietnamese. So you've got some very different kind of dishes. Even the spring rolls were different than I had had in the past at other Vietnamese restaurants. Uh, they also have some hot pot dishes. Now, as I was by myself, a solo dinner visit is a little hard for me to try a lot of different items. So I just had a couple items just to kind of get an idea of what they had to offer. And, and I kind of already knew from some people that had uh, eaten there um, kind of what their go-to dishes were. So uh, to my surprise, my server of the night was the owner. And um, I quickly realized that as I was going through my uh, through my d- dinner experience. But uh, it was wonderful to have her there. And she kind of pointed out a few different dishes that I should try. And, um, you know, one of those dishes were, was the one that was recommended to me. So it was just great to have to try something different a little bit, I guess. As I, you would say Northern Vietnamese. I've had a lot of Vietnamese uh, food over in my life. But uh, sometimes you find a specific region that you're maybe not familiar with. I mean, there are many other um, cultures and, and things like that around the city. You'll find very different kind of micro 
um, areas of a particular uh, country or region that people are from, that they're cooking from. So it's great to see that. So uh, uh, just to give you an idea what I did try. Now, uh, one of them is called, it's kind of look best to look at this from their menu point of view as order by number because A7 is what it's called. It's Chagya, I can't, I'm not going to screw this up pronunciation, but Chaga Ku, I guess. It's crab spring rolls with a sweet and sour fish house. It's fish sauce, sorry. Sweet and sour fish sauce, which is homemade. So you you don't often find that. You'll find fish sauce and people will just sort of put it in there for a dipping sauce. But this is actually a homemade sweet sour fish sauce. It was very good. And it, it just, the whole, um, the crab spring rolls were delicious. First of all, you've got pieces of crab in there. It was very good. I urge you to order that. If you love cra crab, um, Go for that one for sure. And then this other one. Now, I, I can't pronounce this, but I will try. But it was uh, their 1B is what it's called. This is the one I had already heard about. So I had heard about from other people saying this, this was very good and it was worth trying. So I'm so happy that I did, actually did that. Is Ban Da Kubian. I probably get this wrong. I'm sure I did. But anyways, it's a, it's got a BC um, sea crab noodles, a crab noodle soup. And um, this is a well-known specialty of Haiphong. Uh, it's the northern uh, port city in Vietnam. And they're uh, also known, the, this dish, this bandado, also known as reddish-brown flat rice noodles. So they were like, they were different. They were not the thin rice noodles which you, you usually see in, in Vietnamese restaurants. They were actually like a, a reddish-brown flat rice noodle. They're quite thick, quite wide in size. A tasty broth made from fresh Vietnamese rice Field crabs uh, served with meat, sea crab, uh, BC uh, mushrooms, and vegetables. It was very, very good. And um, I can't wait to try more. I can't wait to visit again and try more of their dishes. But it's a great, great spot. So find them up at 2141 Kingsway, just about east of Victoria Drive in Kingsway. Uh, we've got some upcoming foodie events, which we are presenting coming up in January. We've got our ninth annual Noodle Mania happening on January 11th. We've got our next edition of our Dumpling Fest Vancouver. This is the winter edition coming up on January 18th. And we are presenting uh, Art, Eat, and Sip Granville Island with Dino Fest Vancouver coming up on January 25th. Uh, the tickets for the uh, Noodle Mania and Dumpling Fest are already on sale. They find that through um, Eventbrite or through VancouverFoodSea.com. Art, Eat, and Sip Granville Island uh, on January 25th is part of the Dino uh, Vancouver Festival. And tickets for that goes on sale on December 1st. So you'll find that through Vancouver Foodster. Find it through Eventbrite. You'll find it through Dump, uh, through uh, Dino Fest uh, Vancouver as well. Uh, you get tickets starting on December 1st. Makes a great gift for your friends for the holidays. So uh, St. Remy, I just recently attended a St. Remy Masterclass. And uh, it was very interesting. Uh, they brought in um, their uh, master blender, Cecile Radu, from France. And... She is, I guess, the first woman in their company to become a master blender. Um, and she has actually created a new um, a new spirit, I guess. Not a new spirit exactly, but St. Remy, you know, they're known for their cognac. So she's created the signature. So it's a new a, a new spirit, I guess, spirit, I guess, I guess, but it's a spirit you can call it. But she created this new item, I guess, called Signature. Um, and it is designed to make cocktails. It's designed to be part of a cocktail. And so it's great for the bartenders at all these different um, bars. But they've they've created this so that it is a beautiful spirit um, that can be made into a variety of cocktails. 
So um, it's her brandy. It's her signature brandy. It's now available locally through um, liquor stores throughout, but you can also find, you'll now find it at many bars around the cities. A lot of the bars that carry St. Remy will be making this with um, their cocktails. Uh, she mentioned that 80% of brand, 80% of the brandy in the world is made from sugar cane, but at St. Remy, they make it with a hundred percent French grape. So that was really interesting to know. We also did find out that Canada is actually one of the largest importers of St. Remy in the world. That was very interesting to us. And I think they said uh, over 2 million bottles are consumed each year in Canada. So that's a lot. You know, we have a population of 30 million people and over 2 million bottles of St. Remy is coming into Canada. Uh, that's quite substantial. So that is something to, to know. If you didn't know that already, you'd know that now. I recently attended Cornucopia. Actually, it was last weekend. And uh, for the last episode, episode 107, I actually broadcasted that from Whistler. And now I want to tell you all about Whistler Cornucopia because this was my first time back in five years. I, I had attended over the years. My last time I, I attended was in 2017. And, uh, you know, then uh, 18 and 19, I was away traveling. Then, of course, the pandemic. So um, I uh, decided to head on back this year. And uh, and I'm so happy I did. And it's just great to see, you know, they're offering so many different uh, seminars and dinners and workshops and everything is part of Worcester Cornucopia, and it's been a busy, busy festival for them this year. They are um, their main weekend was the long weekend. Um, their second main weekend was the weekend I was at last weekend. Uh, they are ending off this weekend, and they, and they've actually expanded the festival now over the years. It used to be just like one weekend when they first started. I think that they're up to like over twenty festivals since Cornucopia started. I think it's twenty four, I believe, if I get that right. Um, but uh, it's been going on for many years, and now I mean it's a big, it's a big tourist draw for Whistler for sure. This is the reason they do it is to bring tourists in in shoulder season before things get busy um, with uh, tourists coming over skiing over the winter break. So uh, this this is a, a great uh, festival that has done that, and you're mixing food, food seminars. You're mixing different types of liquor. You've they've got wine, they've got whiskey, they've got uh, beer they've got everything pretty much um, they run the gamut with all sorts of different seminars so i'll give you an idea of, of what i did attend and, and what i thought of different seminars so um the first one was called the life of a barrel of whistler so so of whiskey sorry of whiskey that sounds kind of funny the life of a barrel of whiskey and it was just really interesting uh, uh learning experience about various different whiskeys we we got to learn from um they had a variety of different types of um whiskeys different different makers and different kinds of things like that and then we would taste it and then we they would talk about each one so you got a really interesting kind of angle i guess as a way of putting it um so we tried eight different um not all whiskeys actually we tried eight different spirits but the first one was actually uh, tasting of tito's vodka and everyone thought like why are we tasting a vodka so what we learned was that this tito's vodka is 51 percent corn based which is really interesting um, so, but then we also found out that many of the whiskeys are actually corn based too. So this was kind of an idea just to give us a taste of how, you know, what we thought of it. So we tried that one. We tried the Jack Daniels bonded. It's also, it's a 50% alcohol, that one. We tried Maker's Mark bourbon, Maker's Mark 46, Jim Beam's, Jim Beam Devil's Cut, a blackened American whiskey. Uh, but my favorite was actually the next one is called Angel's Envy bourbon. That was really good. Beautiful, smooth. Smooth bourbon, and my my second favorite was the Jack Daniel's Barrel Select. So these are some just you can look for these. You can find these in the liquor store. Very very interesting seminar. It was put on one of the women from it was uh, I guess Betty Cooper from 
legacy liquor stores in Vancouver. So she really knew her stuff. So if you're looking for whiskey, I suggest you go to legacy liquor and talk to her and then she'll tell you which one she thinks would fit for your palate. So you can try, check that out. And then uh, another, uh, their signature event for the night uh, of the last weekend was uh, Taste the World. It was on Friday night and this was a wonderful event. I actually met so many wonderful people um, dining with them. It was um, just a great event. It was done in a different format that I thought it was going to be. And I think everyone at my table thought the same thing. But I think the reason this was done was because of COVID. So uh, rather than having people set up, you know, in a room walking all over the place they and having food stations mixed in with drink stations, they opted to a, for a sit-down affair this time. And, and this was different from what I had done before. But in a way, it was a good idea because the way they did it was – each there were three chefs, and they were presented a few different, couple different dishes each. So they would um, deliver these dishes to each table, and you share, you share with like two people, and um, each they would kind of roll it out throughout the night. So we had six different dishes, but they were kind of rolled out like I want to say it was like every half an hour because um, it kept us seated throughout the whole night, which was great. I think that was a smart way of doing it. Uh, but you could get, if you wanted a different drinks to try, you would get up and go to the drink station on your own. So it actually made it so that there wasn't, it wasn't crowded at all. People were seated. Um, it was done in a very, very good way. So I think for COVID specifically, even like now, I think it was just, it was a good way. I don't know if in the future, if they'll do that way. I think in the future may, may resume their previous way. Cause I just think the chef stations were more, more fun that way. You got to talk to the chefs and you got to learn about what they're doing you know, and you try different dishes. So I, I like that format a little bit better than this one because you, I think you learn more, but I understand for, for, from the COVID point of view of why they did it this way. Anyway, so um, it was a, uh, the chefs were representing Latin America and Spain, and that was the kind of food we were having that night. And so you're tasting the world basically. And then you had a choice. You can try all sorts of things. There were cocktails and beer and wine and Zero proof cocktails. It was everything there was there. So the first chef, uh, Chef Louis uh, Valenzuela, I can't pronounce his name, but I think I got it right. He presented a stuffed piquillo with braised oxtail, uh, pine nuts, and cream of corn. This was my favorite dish of the night. This was very, very good. So kudos to him. That was very good. Um, also presented a uh, duck confit sopas with beans and salsa verde served with tepache. Uh, chef uh, Neil Hawkins, uh, sorry, Chef Neil Harkins, he presented a grilled squid ceviche that was my second favorite dish of the night. It was very good. He also did a uh, pancon tomato, tomato uh, prosciutto. It was like a kind of like a bruschetta idea. Uh, then Chef Juan Eduardo Sanchez Glez, he presented a chorizo roulade and a strawberry lemon tart and chocolate cream puff for dessert. Uh, for the drinks, there were so many different kinds. And, I, you know, one of them I did try that I love is Edna's Cocktails. And they're actually a Vancouver-based company. They produce, they make uh, zero-proof cocktails. And they, they do it with um, the flavors of the popular uh, cocktails. So I've actually tried all of theirs already. But um, the one that I had this time around was the Paloma. It was made with a tequila, um, tequila extract. But you're, it's no alcohol. So you're going to taste a little bit of tequila in there, but you're actually tasting it's a non-alcoholic uh, drink. So you could keep on drinking. I've tried the Mojito. I've tried all of them, whether they have the Mule, all that kind of stuff. So I think that they this company does a really good job. And I, I think you can find their um, drinks around the city now. I would, but if you can't find it, go to Edna's Cocktails on Instagram and uh, send them a message and ask them where you can purchase their uh, cocktails. Because if you have this, the season is a festive season is upon us now. And... Um, 
you might as well get yourself some zero-proof cocktails to have at your dinner party for people who are driving and that uh, don't want to drink. And there's a lot of people who don't want to drink, period. So this is actually a great uh, cocktail to have. Um, the other ones that I tried, that this was phenomenal, was called the Barrel Aged Gin from Rain City Distillery. Uh, they are based in Squamish. They had actually invited me in previously, but I can never get there because I'm always driving to Squamish and I can't drink when I'm driving, so that doesn't happen. However, in this case, I was able to finally try their products, and I tried a few different ones, but the, the Barrel Aged Gin from Rain City Distillery is divine, and this is one you want to check. look for this. You can't find it. Send them a message through Instagram, Rain City Distillery, and I'm sure they will let you know where you can get a hold of that uh, gin. The other one that I really like was the Blood Orange Gin Cocktail um, from Wit from Whitley uh, Nelgen. It's North Amps. North Amps. So this was actually a European one. Um, you'd find them, I guess, Whitley uh, Nelgen, and then underscore North Am on. Um, Instagram, you can probably send them a message if you want to find that one. And then, uh, so then another workshop. So the next day, they have was an amazing workshop. This was actually by far, I'd say this one, Thai would taste the world, but my favorite event of the uh, festival. It's called Beauty and the Bane. Um, it was just an incredible seminar led by Daryl Lamb of Legacy Liquor Store. So another one, like Legacy Liquor Store, they really know their stuff. I mean, these they're so educational. They've learned so much about all the different products they have but daryl he really knew his stuff and i was very impressed so um looking forward to be featuring daryl on an upcoming episode and i think you'll learn a lot more from him about whiskey and as, as well as other spirits but uh this particular um seminar featured many rare whiskeys that you could not find anymore these are like the last of the last of these of these particular bottles and they're not available you can't find them at the legacy because they have none left they were all 62 percent alcohol so you had to be really kind of careful you were, you were just tasting, right? You just had like a little sip and that was about it. But uh, explain to us that an average bottle run of these particular whiskeys were 300 bottles for the entire world. So that's why it's called the Beauty of the Bane and it's just exclusive whiskeys. And then our group um, got to try them. So was there something extraordinary to have in Whistler uh, for everybody who's a whiskey lover and that uh, got to taste these? And then we had to taste. We got to taste them. With, they were paired up with dishes. So, uh, Chef uh, Whistler, Chef uh, Bruce Warden, he uh, created all these different dishes, and he did it off of tasting notes of the different whiskeys, and he did a great job. I think he just did terrific. So, the first one was a beignet uh, with vanilla chantilly that was paired with a multiplex of lush. Uh, second dish was tuna poke. It was paired with a dancing and duet cask it was an incredible pairing the caramel is so good it works so well with the whiskey the third dish was the apple cobbler and honeyed fruit medley paired with um warm silk it was a bell bellwinick distillery the fourth dish was chicken and waffles it was paired with a light-hearted memories it was a tasty dish but the whiskey comes out very spicy on the palate um the uh fifth dish was the chai creme brulee it was paired with uh Ringo George, a whiskey from Goa. This was amazing. I love this whiskey. I've never had a whiskey from India, whiskey from Goa before. I've never even thought of that, but it was a, a smoky whiskey. It was really, really good. If you could find whiskeys from Goa, you should definitely do that. But this was a great pairing. This whole dish, the chai creme brulee and this, um, this smoky uh, whiskey went really well together. And then the last one was six. This was a uh, coconut chocolate bites and cheesecake paired with the luscious crumble. 
So that was a great event. The other event I attended was Saturday night was called Poured. Um, this one was not my favorite. And I kind of like uh, mentioned that to a few people. It was way too crowded. Um, I can see how people, if you're not worried about like crowds, I guess, and nobody was masked. I mean, so that was like kind of interesting to me that people weren't and they were just like free flowing and they were drinking. So if that's your thing, then you're going to love this event. That was not my thing. So, but anyway, the uh, food wise was great. Uh, You had Jam Jar Canteen, which is, they always do an amazing job. See, they were there doing a a lamb um, kefta on a pita crisp. Then we had... um, uh they had the center plate so they are like the um banquet cater i guess you call it of the convention center they are the caters the convention center they had a delicious chickpea curry with basmati rice and samosa it was vegetarian it was very good i really enjoyed that and then there was a uh, comfort kitchens whistler a whistler uh catering company and they did a, a bunch of different um items for people to to try uh so that was uh that was that one and then the next uh, the next day so on the Sunday, they did a drag brunch the first time. I think I think it's the second time. Someone was telling me they did it last year, but I wasn't there last year, so I didn't actually know. But they did a drag brunch. This was a lot of fun. People had a great time who attended it in the room. Uh, first of all, they had brunch, and it was a brunch buffet, and it was put on by um, Milestones and Whistler. And um, they had all sorts of goodies, like all everything from the eggs and bacon and sausages they had all sorts of different pastries there, and you had, you had coffees, and you had juices, and then you had a, everybody was served a mimosa. So it was a, just a great, fun way of, of celebrating your Sunday morning. And, and then they uh, presented these uh, three drag performers, which were phenomenal. So you had this full-on brunch, and then you had a big stage, and then people were the, the uh, drag queens were coming out, and just, it was just a hoot. People had so much fun. It was just great to see people laughing, singing along. If the first performer was um, Geraldine Spears. Uh, the second performer was uh, Mina Mercury, and the third performer was uh, Gia Metric. Um, it's also part of Canada's Drag Race. So really, really fun. If you if they do have that event again, uh, you should definitely go. They do a great job. So that was my weekend at Whistler Cornucopia. I stayed at the uh, beautiful Crystal Lodge Hotel, which I stayed at last time I was there for Cornucopia. It's a great hotel because it's very close to the Whistler Conference Center. It took me about one minute to walk from the hotel to the conference center, and you can't get much closer than that. So that was really, really good. Uh, the re- a very comfortable room. Uh, my room had a couple of clean beds in it. Sitting chair, mini fridge, TV, bathroom, shower, tub. That's kind of what you need when you're attending a conf- a, uh, a seminar or weekend like this. Um, they have a fitness room in the hotel. They have a games room for kids. This was new. I had not seen a games room before. So you can play ping pong. You can play foosball. That's a kind of a fun thing if you're taking your kids along um, to Whistler. They also had a heated outside pool and jacuzzi. I did not use it, but there is a heated pool there as well so great great hotel check it out crystal lodge hotel when you are in whistler uh phantom creek wine just launched a couple new wines um which i had a chance to try the other night and uh they um launched a couple sparkling wines so phantom creek is known for the reds i think their reds are phenomenal but uh they launched a couple new uh, sparkling wines. So I have to try the 2017 Sparkling Brut and a 2017 Sparkling Brut Reserve. Uh, they're now both available. It was a wonderful reception at uh, Carlino Restaurant. And it had a chance to taste both of these wines as well as a few other wines of theirs in their collection. But uh, 
definitely you can get these now. They're actually offering them as um, single bottles or as part of a holiday gift bundle, which you need to order directly from the winery. So the best way to do that would be uh, go to phantomcreekestates.com forward slash collection forward slash bundle. You'll find it online. You can order directly from there and they will deliver it to you. They will, or you can have it directly, you can order it and they will deliver it to whoever you're going to gift it to. So this is a wonderful way of doing it. You've got the holidays. People love wine, especially in BC. And why not get one of the best wineries in BC's wines um, gifted to a friend or family member? This is the way to do it. Um, we had a chance to try uh, a few of their other wines. And um, <clears throat> Mark Berenger is the director of winemaking for them. And he spoke about making these special wines. We tried some delicious canapes from Carlino Restaurant that paired it up. And one of my favorites was it's called Mini Frico. And actually, it's a, it's a mini version of a dish they have on their menu at Carlino Restaurant. It's traditional fry, uh, fried cheese, soft potatoes, slow-cooked onions. It's very good. I also tried their meatballs, sablefish, and a few others as well. But uh, it was just great to see you know what they had on offer and what works so well for tasting. And then uh, another um, another spirit tasting this week was uh, the Canadian Ink Club Whiskey. Uh, they um, featured the uh, Chronicle series, which we had a chance to try all the different, the gamut, all the different uh, whiskeys from each year, from 41 year to uh, the newest 45 year release. Uh, this was at High Steakhouse, and they did a great job with cocktails for us all to try, as well as the different uh, whiskeys. My favorite, though, was actually the 44-year. So the 44-year really stood out for me as being a beautiful, smooth whiskey, but as was the 45-year. I mean, 45-year, it's aged so nicely, and it was very, very good. Um, we had a chance to taste it with a whole bunch of different um, highs, uh, highs appies, I guess you could say it. The uh, smoked salmon with sea caviar was very good. Tomato tarts, lamb chops, of course, New York steak. Very good. So they did a great job. But if you are looking now for a whiskey to give to your friends, look for the 45-year whiskey. Uh, it's available in liquor stores now under Canadian Club. Um, also, the 44-year, if you can find it. I thought that was a really, really, really good one as well. Uh, and lastly today, I had a chance to interview uh, Carmen Ruzi Laza. She's the host and producer of Your Nation's Table. Uh, she hosted this show with Chef Robert Clark for Joy TV, and it has just come out. I think it's been out... Uh, about a week ago now, they've got six different episodes in this series. They'll be airing on Joy TV, and then they'll also be airing online. You'll be able to find them online and watch the whole series. It celebrates the bounty of British Columbia fisheries and uh, so much more. So have a listen to my interview with Carmen. Okay. Talking with Carmen, you have a new TV show that has just come out on Joy TV called Your Nation's Table with Chef Robert Clark. So can you tell me all about it? How did this project come to be? Yeah, we know what? It was the perfect blending of desires. Chef Clark, as we know, is a highly decorated, sustainable seafood guru chef. And he left the restaurant business after decades and decades of cooking and wanted to really devote his energy to advocacy. So he teamed up with a company called Organic Ocean, which I happen to be a client of. So mm. they deliver all my seafood because I live this as well as a consumer, certainly not as uh, as deeply uh, committed as Chef has been. 
Uh, and so when I created uh, Your Nation's Table, it was basically out of frustration of shopping. Mm. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, the older you get, the more quality you want in everything around you. Less is more. It really is true. And so I specifically and determinately look for food that way. Mm. And uh, and so that's well, that was my hunt. And then I was into a very well-recognized, very expensive local grocery store trying to buy local BC salmon wild while it was in season. And they said, oh, no, we only have farmed, imported from. And I, oh, my gosh, this is just not right. So I came home and started crafting messaging as to why we consumers need to support, need to be specific mm. in our shopping purposes and walk out. And say, I don't like that you're doing that. And no, I won't buy it and I won't support it. And tell your superiors that that's wrong. Mm. So off I went in a half, came home and started crafting this idea. And at the same time, uh, I, Chef Rob was interested to have a platform that gave him a bigger voice. Mm. And so he became my co-host. Mm. And... Uh, Obviously, Moses Neimer is a huge fan of all things great and all things Canadian. Right. And so here we go. We had the perfect trifecta of uh, talent and team, the support of Zoomer Media. Uh, and then, of course, by BC, we approached them. They loved the idea. Mm -hmm. The fisheries, we connected with six of them because we only had room for six. We had to leave some outside, but mm -hmm. we're thinking of what we can do with them in future. And so we did a, sh a show focused on local, sustainable, wild seafood and why we consumers should buy it. So that was that's the premise of the series. And that's, uh, I think, an approach that's different than um, other fishing shows. If you Well, this is not a fishing show. Mm. It's a sustainable show. So how many episodes are in the show or how does it how does it kind of roll out? Yeah, so we have six episodes. We have, we uh, in order of appearance, if you will, uh, BC wild spot prawns, wild BC salmon, albacore tuna, sable fish, crab, and, and gooey duck. Ah, okay. Gooey duck. Gooey what duck. a, what, yes. I love gooey duck because it's something that is not found, really. Mm -hmm. the, the Asian market, the Chinese know quality and they buy it in like all of it yeah so there's only uh like bobby milheron over at tableau chef bobby uh has it on his menu but there's not very many western chefs that have it so for a lot of us it was it's really quite unknown it's a very funny looking clam yeah <clears throat> so we i found out all kinds of things on the show which i just love the experience so th those are the six episodes and right now uh all those episodes, if you miss them on Joy TV, it's Joy and Faith. And we also have digital in the uh, Ontario and the East Coast hmm. through Rogers VOD. Uh, all of those shows will be available uh, on yournationstable.com. Oh, okay. okay. And on joytv.ca. Okay, so that's important. So that means everybody can see them everywhere. Right? Yes, we, we thought uh, that it was important that they be available. Because there's no point in creating an educational piece if you have it behind a paywall. Right. Of course. Good point. You need, you know, the whole purpose of this is to change the hearts and minds of consumers. And, you know, one of the things that Rob Clark always spoke about is food sovereignty. Hmm. 
And we know that from the pandemic when the borders closed. Right. As much as exports as imports, there was a, you know, there and there's still parts of the world that are uh, suffering this. If you don't grow what you need or harvest what you need, then you're reliant on other uh, countries and all kinds of uh, world events can happen to thwart that free flow of goods. And so if we grow, like look at spot prawns is a perfect example of what Rob did. They were all exported. 100% exported. Wow. And so, yeah, and he was working at Sea Restaurant at the time, looking at the docks and all the fishing boats coming in. He goes, well, how come I can't get those? I'm buying imported prawns uh -huh. where we have these beautiful spot prawns. Right. So it took a while, but he got it happening. He and Captain Steve Johansson of Organic Ocean, actually. And now, uh, you know, the spot prawn festival, 17 years later, there's lineups. You can hardly, there's always someone that ends up disappointed. Right. That day, right? Because they're yeah. so coveted. But it's because the awareness, right? The, the consumer really made that a success. Hmm. So that's really what it's all about. It's buying local, enjoying local. And just because it's important doesn't mean it's better. So gooey duck, that is one that is an interesting one to me. Because you're right. The Asian market really has gone kind of forward for that. You see mostly the Asian restaurants in the past yeah. have been the ones that have been, you see it on the menu. Local people, I don't think, are so aware of it. They may see it and they go, I don't know what that is. That doesn't look good. I don't want to have that. So does yeah. your episode kind of go into that, like, you know, kind of tell people, like, what is this? And then why yeah. you should eat it and that kind of stuff? Yes, exactly. We, we the, the focus of this series is we, on every episode, we go and meet the fishermen. Mm -hmm. Who's the people, who are the people behind this package at your grocery store? You know, the human story, I think, will bond us with the product more than a beautiful cooking show. They exist, you know, a million of those. Yeah. So we went to the diving boats and we sat, uh, you know, obviously we couldn't go down. That's a very serious activity. I'm a, I'm a recreational diver, but I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. serious. And it takes a long time to be that good. And so Evan, um, the diver Evan and his uh, guy Mike, they take turns diving for these gooey ducks. They're very hard to find, and you have to be very experienced to find them because they're vertical under the sand, and they just have a little tiny nose like sticking up. It is a very, very um, delicate process to get them out so that they're not damaged, and that's why they're so valuable. And you know, and the good thing that happened with um, so before I go on to the to what happened, I tasted it and it's a beautiful, delicate, uh, translucent clam. Hmm. That's it. It's not odd. It doesn't have this weird flavor. It tastes like fresh water. Oh my God. It's like the little bit of uh, the ocean, the ocean salt water. Hmm. It, it's just the most, um, you know, beautiful thing in the world. And so I, I thought, well, let me just put this. Uh, you know, it was the, uh, let me just get, sorry, my alarms are going off because there's like, too much stuff. Gooey duck was just uh, a discovery for me. Hmm. And that's why I took friends to Tableau Bistro at the Loden Hotel because they have it on the menu. And one person in my party had tried it before the others had not. Okay. So it is a great, uh, it's, it's primed to be discovered. 
hmm. buoy duck, you know, and, uh, and, and of course, uh, they only catch what is uh, necessary. So it's not like you can just find them on sale somewhere. It's a commitment. Oh, you buy okay. that. It's great for a dinner party. And it's really, it's like sashimi. That's my favorite way. Okay. Slice it raw and just eat it just like that. Don't cloud it with stuff, even though it makes a great risotto, as Chef and Bobby uh, made. But, you know, it, the, the thing is to try. Just try them. So for your six episodes, how did you come up with the each, like the, the individual topics? You have, of course, you'll have salmon, you have gooey duck. Like, how did you come up with those topics as your six? Did you have like a voting mechanism? Like, which one do you think is the most popular that people should know about? Or how did you do that? I, well, first I relied heavily on my fisheries advisor and co-executive producer, mm -hmm. Dane Chauvel. He is uh, deep in the in the fishing business as the uh, co-founder and CEO of Organic Ocean. He's on the board of the salmon and prawns and all that. And he knows all the fishermen. Mm. And so we wanted, of course, the criteria was wild and sustainable. Mm. That's it. And who saw the opportunity as something that they wanted to embrace? So that's why I say we had fisheries that uh, wanted to participate, but we just couldn't accommodate. We just, the time, the calendar right. and crew, you know, we're not a big operation. We're small and mighty sort of thing, you know? <laughs> and so we had to be mobile. And, all, and again, too, with the fisheries is because we were at the mercy of real life. This is not like any other show where you produce and you have your date and it's unmovable. This is like, can you come this weekend? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, it's everybody together and let's travel. So there was a lot of last minute because the, the openings were happening. Oh. You know, it's a real live and mi migratory species. A lot of these fish, I mean, the gooey duck doesn't move. They embed oh. and they stay forever. Oh. But lot everything else swims around the oceans and you don't know where they're going to be. Hmm. It's weather dependent. Uh, you know, the salmon, it's the uh, the rivers. This year was phenomenal for mm. salmon, but it's not in, in that particular place up in Port Alberni. So everything just depended on how the world was moving at the time. Oysters, uh, we couldn't do really because they lost 80% of their harvest because of uh, the, the warm waters. Oh, right. Okay, interesting. So, you know, so we chose the fisheries mostly because it was wild and sustainable. Okay. That's why. That's really interesting. So how long did the whole show take to put together? Well, pre-production was really everything happens in the planning stages, right? Okay, so right. that took about a year. Mm. And then we started filming in April okay. of 2022. And we finished in October 2022. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Because okay, so. we had to go back and forth and back and forth. Mm -hmm. The fishing boat's coming in now. Can you come? Because a lot of these fishing boats as well, we couldn't get on the fishing boats because they're gone. We're like six weeks into the deep ocean wow. to catch sablefish and tuna. They're gone. I had no idea. Okay. This is a learning lesson. Here. Yes. Well, exactly. Eye-opening right? eye experience. Well, good, Rich. If you're learning something, then it means that we've done our job. Yeah, of course. So, uh, and then how does it work with Chef Robert? I mean, is he cooking on the boats as, as part of the show? Is he doing any cooking at all? Or is he mostly kind of talking about everything? Well, he, uh, he has cooked for us, lucky, but that's really not the focus of the show. Okay. Uh, like Tom Tatouche, 
uh, we're in Port Alberni doing salmon and Tom being uh, Hupacasha's First Nations did it on the open flame with cedar sticks. Mm. And so we can't at home, we can't do that. So then Chef Rob brought the cedar plank and the salmon and put it on the barbecue. So we had a chance to, uh, you know, taste some of the dishes that Rob would prepare. Uh, sable fish, we had a beautiful sit down dinner that we cooked at Finest at Sea in Victoria with their chef, Anna Hunt. So really more uh, with Bobby, Chef Bobby uh, for gooey duck. They created together, but it's not a cooking show. Chef didn't really want it to be a cooking show. This is really uh, fine. Let's meet the fishermen. Let's see. Uh, we uh, With uh, crab, we went to uh, the captain, the fisherman, Long Cow, and his wife made us the most incredible crab dish. Hmm. And then we went to another restaurant. One of the top highlights of the show was meeting Chef Dai up in Prince Rupert. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And uh, they created a, a menu together. So, you know, it's not really a cooking show, although Chef does uh, love to cook. It's really not the focus of the show. Right. Okay. So it's amazing, an educational opportunity for all of us, which I think is wonderful. Uh, yeah. So for your nation's table, it's a great title. Do you think you'll be doing like other investigations into the food industry using that same um, title? Or are you going to stick it with like, this is just fisheries and this is where we're going? Well, the the beauty of the name which I think encompasses exactly the vision of what we can do and want to do with this. Everything and anything that goes on our tables, including the table that we eat at, mm -hmm. can be a part of the show. Right, okay. For example, uh, I reached out to Mission Hill, Cedar Creek, uh, and Liquidity Wines because they're BC, sustainable, they do great things with their growing practices. So they became a sponsor. Okay. And so we drink and eat. Uh, mm -hmm. Then uh, Ocean Regenerative is a local company that does seaweed, that Chef loves seaweed and they love, he loves this particular brand. So we invited them to come on board. So you can see it's not just fish. Right. There are other people uh, inviting us to uh, travel uh, to do uh, to showcase their products across the country, so that's something we're considering. And of course, your nation's table uh, is international because every every country, every nation has their own table. Right, of course. No, it's great. I think it's quite. I think there's there's a there's an opportunity for many things to come from this because I mean, you can see obviously we you touched on the fisheries, which a lot of people are not aware of. They see what yeah. they see the salmon in their store and they cook it. They don't really realize where did that salmon come from. They don't really care. They're like, okay, I got salmon. But I think more people do care. It's a matter yeah. of it, you guys educating people to tell them all about it. But then, you know what? There's the livestock industry. There's the wine. There's so many things you can do. You'll be doing this forever. I hope so, because this is my passion. I come from farm stock in northern Spain. Mm -hmm. I have my par my father's side uh, in industry and farms. My mother's side, farms. And I mean, large ones. And so from summers from school, I would go and visit with the family. And, you know, I was the kid amongst my all my other cousins that would be picking potatoes. And I mean, endless fields of potatoes. I was like, oh, dear God, when is this going to stop? Never. The life of a food producer never stops. And we, my family, was able to gift a lot of food to people that didn't have it because you grow it. Right. 
plant more seeds and there you go, you grow it. So, you know, it's the old country thing of organic. Well, we don't, we didn't even use that term because of course, my, my relatives didn't spend money on chemicals. You know, if a bug got our lettuce, well, whatever, you know, there's got 1500 more, it doesn't matter. So that's my personal thing. And, um, and I think that nutrition wise, the less chemicals you ingest, the better. We are surrounded by chemicals in our body lotion, shampoos, wines, food, everything has chemicals. Get rid of them as much as you can get rid of them. They, your body does not like them. And so, you know, I haven't found out much about farms, uh, fish. I know that's something that's a delicate subject and, you know, I'd like to learn more, but at this point it's zero for me. So last, last question for you, were there any surprises for you out when you were out on the fishing boats or anything that you were putting this together that you might've not thought may you knew beforehand, or it's just something that kind of fun that came up. Well, besides the, uh, you know, the gooey duck was really the big surprise. The, uh, you know, the spot prawns, something so familiar. And, and just the speed at which uh, the, one of the chaps that was hauling up the traps and I call him Samson, Samson, because Samson, my Spanish is coming out. Sorry, Richard. Okay. So they're like very well choreographed ballets on these boats. All of these guys, no matter what the fisheries, very well choreographed because it is extremely dangerous. You're standing in the wrong place at the wrong time and you're going into the sea. Into the sea. Mm. And, and uh, a lot of people have died fishing. Mm. You know, so it, it's not a fun fact, but it's a reality. So when you watch these fishermen get out into, it doesn't matter the weather, they're going out anyway. Mm. You know, so I think that my respect for uh, fishermen just, I had no idea really. I mean, I, you know, we all know, but we don't really know. So I think that uh, once you kind of uh, familiarize yourself with the actual day-to-day -day of being a fisherman, mm. yeah, I don't mind paying an extra dollar for wild whatever fish I want to buy. Just buy it for goodness sakes. Don't be cheap. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Very good. Anyway, thank you so much. This will be up in a couple of days. I'll let you know. Thank you, Richard. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you and, uh, you know, and express, um, you know, the, the passion that we all had are creating this series. And uh, and I hope that you'll have a chance to watch it on the website. I will. So it's so they're up now, right? I can watch it online. Yeah. Yeah. So what will happen is as we broadcast it will come online okay. and uh, Moses has allowed us to broadcast this series until the end of 2023. So it's on repeats. Oh, great. Okay. Carpe diem and uh, your nation's table are on repeats until the end of November, 2023. So we have, people have a lot of opportunities to watch it on joy TV. Okay. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Tune into the next episode next week to hear more interviews with chef and cookbook authors, as well as other features. Please tell your friends about this podcast and have them subscribe to the Van Foodster Podcast and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon Music to hear my weekly show covering the food scene in and outside of Vancouver.